Hello. Welcome back to the podcast at For All Our Kids. You are listening to the series on the revised tales of Vikram and Betal. We hope you have been enjoying our podcast. We have two announcements today. In September, we will start a separate segment titled Teacher to Parent. In that section, we'll explore some common concerns parents have about their children's education and try to demystify these. Do keep an eye out for that. And again, in September, our website forallourkids.com will be accepting submissions for the book reviews. Please go to our website forallourkids.com and find the rules for the Read a Book, Write a Review section. For every book review you send, we at forallourkids.com will donate a book to build libraries in rural India. You can do something you enjoy and help share the gift of reading with other children. Remember, send your book reviews to submissions at forallourkids.com. And now to the story. Charity. King Vikramaditya lowered his foot slowly. The rushing water washed his other foot, and something lay tangled around it. Vikram broke the overhanging branch and shoved whatever it was back into the water. He did not want to see what it was. Then he reached over and grabbed the corpse. Its ghoulish grin mocked him as he swung it over his shoulder. Vikram ignored it and began to walk back. He did not have to wait for long. Oh, king, I can't understand why you do the hermit's bidding. Do you trust his motives? Is he genuinely interested in helping your people? Or do you think he has an ulterior reason? Do you even know how to tell the difference? Let me tell you the story of Dinakar, a well-liked man and his sudden generosity. Maybe that'll give you an understanding into the hermit's mind. The vampire began its story. Guru Ram Prasad was a well-known guru in the kingdom of Shantipura. It was his habit to travel all over, getting to know the ordinary people and engaging them in spiritual discourses. Every time he visited the capital, the king of Shantipura sought his advice on spiritual matters and about the condition of his subjects in other parts of his kingdom. It was well known that the king followed Guru Ram Prasad's advice. For all that he was famous, the guru led a simple life. If someone had a problem they wanted to discuss with him, they could just walk into his home and ask to see him. He was not someone who had too many rules and restrictions for people. Each year, the young people from all over the kingdom came to the capital city to become officers in the treasury, the army and other ministries. 
the Guru completed his travels to be in the capital for the officer selection. Because the king invited him to meet the young people and share his opinions before he hired them. One year, the monsoons did not bring enough rain. As a result, farmers could not irrigate their fields regularly and the crops failed. Tradespeople did not find the supplies they needed and families could not afford to feed their children. It was during this time that Guru Ram Prasad halted at Kamalnagar, a prosperous town. The day he arrived, people queued outside his door, waiting to pour out their worries and fears to him. Some of them brought baskets of fresh fruits and others brought delicious homemade meals. The Guru was a good listener. He listened to their stories, answered their questions and blessed them. The people left feeling satisfied that they had shared their wealth with a pious man. Now the Guru had other plans. He asked his disciples to go around the poorer parts of town and invite the people there to dine with him. There was a lot of food after all. He asked his disciples to distribute whatever he had received from the wealthy merchants. This continued for a while. Every day, one of the more affluent families brought lunch for the Guru and his disciples, which they then shared with those who struggled. A fortnight or so later, Bhuvan, the biggest landowner in town, visited the Guru one evening. The disciples were hurrying here and there, moving containers with food. What are you doing? Running around like ants carrying rice grains? He laughed at the young woman working there. Sir, we're just setting up for dinner. We have at least 40 families coming, she replied and hustled away. Intrigued, Bhuvan poked around until someone explained about the free meals. He walked home, his head bursting with plans. Bhuvan told his wife about the Guru's disciples inviting people from the poorer parts of town for dinner. Is this the Guru who advises the king? she asked. Her husband grinned at her. She knew why he was interested in the Guru. You see, Bhuvan had a son, Dinakar, who was the apple of his parents' eye. The lad was a smooth talker and made friends quickly. As he grew, Dinakar reveled in being popular. He threw a lot of parties and other young people flocked to him. His parents felt that Dinakar was destined for greatness. But what was he going to achieve? Seeing the Guru here had planted a seed in their minds. The Guru was one of the senior advisors to the king when he selected his officers. Here was the perfect opportunity for Dinakar to make a good impression on the Guru. Husband and wife sat up all night thinking of the numerous ways to show Dinakar in the best light. Can he read up on some shlokas and discuss them with the Guru? asked Bhuvan. Discuss shlokas, 
our dinaker. He might do a better job talking about parties, said his exasperated wife. Parties, parties. Hmm. Yes, that's it. Bowen sat up straight. Where's the party, father? Dinakar plonked himself next to his parents. You'll have all the time in the world to throw your parties. Why? If everything goes according to plan, you'll even be able to throw a party for our king. Bowen couldn't stop himself. A party for the king? What are you two up to? Oh my goodness, you are serious. I don't know if I should be excited or if I should be terrified. Dinakar stared at his parents. Oh, come on, son. You will enjoy this. I know you will. Bowen punched his son gently on the shoulder. The following day, Bowen's wife ordered her servants to go to the market and buy supplies for a large feast. Wood-burning stoves popped up in the open space in the back of the house. Servants crisscrossed the path as they chopped, cooked, and cleaned. Steam rose from the large pots, and a gentle breeze blew the aroma towards other homes. Is Dinakar engaged to be married? Is that why you are readying the feast? asked a man. Bowen recognized him as one of the top gossip mongers in their town. Oh no, my son, he has been very worried about the poor in our village. Ever since the monsoons failed, people have been struggling to make ends meet. You know the boy, he enjoys throwing parties all the time. And now, he has decided to throw one every day for the poor of our town. He has a heart of gold, he does. And how can I not support him when he wants to help his fellow men? Bhuvan gave a lengthy explanation. It was all about how noble, thoughtful and generous his son was. The town gossip didn't fail Bowen. For in just a couple of hours, there was a long line of people waiting for food outside his home. Dinakar was the first to set out the banana leaves for the guests. And then, a few days later, there was more work for the town gossip. Did you know what that boy Dinakar is up to now? He is giving away clothes and household items to the poor. Sure enough, more people lined up outside Bowen's house to receive the packets. In the days that followed, the Guru's disciples noticed that not many people came to dinner with the Guru. They found that most people chose to go to Bowen's house. A week passed. Bowen visited Guru Ramprasad with his son, Dinakar. Sir, please bless my son. He is the joy of my life. You wouldn't believe how kind and noble he is. 
Bhuvan talked endlessly about how Dinakar had been so moved by the plight of the poor that he arranged to give away food and clothes to them. He manages the entire program to feed the poor, sir. Dinakar folded his hands together and bowed low. Guruji, the poor of my town are always in my thoughts. Please bless me that I shall always have enough to feed them and give them what they need. So shall it be, bless the Guru, much to Bhuvan's delight. Mark my words, the Guru has noticed our son. He will remember him at the right time, he told his wife that night. The Guru had been in Kamalpur for two months now. He was ready to visit other parts of the kingdom. The townspeople saw him off with Bhuvan and Dinakar arranging a farewell. All along his travels, Guru Ramprasad encouraged people to share and help each other get through difficult times. When he reached the capital, the king visited him and thanked him. You see, throughout his travels, the Guru sent the king information on the difficulties that his people faced in the places he halted. The king had sent his officers to help. This year too, the king invited the Guru to meet the young people who wanted to work as his officers. And who did the Guru see at the gathering? Yes, our Dinakar. The young man stood in the middle of a small crowd, the others listening to him in rapt attention. A hush fell in the room when the Guru and the king entered. A tall figure hurried to the Guru's side and bowed low. It was Dinakar. The others looked on, puzzled and even a bit irked. Look at him. He's been so smug all week. Why is he acting so humble suddenly? They whispered amongst themselves. Later that evening, the king discussed the list of new officers. Guruji, what is your opinion of Dinakar? You must know a lot about him. He seems to be easygoing and smart. Will he make a good officer? He asked the guru. Oh, that young man from Kamalnagar? He is an easygoing sort. But no, I don't think he will make a good officer, replied the guru. The vampire paused the story and spoke to King Vikramaditya. Well, that was a disappointment for Bhuvan. Why did the guru feel that Dinakar would not make a good officer? He was a popular young man, and nothing in his character made him a bad choice. Is it because the guru was miffed that Dinakar's scheme drew the poor away from his free dinners? If you know why, you better answer me. Otherwise, say goodbye to your head. This was no complicated puzzle for King Vikram. Guru Ram Prasad was right in his judgment of Dinakar. Yes, he was a popular young man, but being popular doesn't necessarily mean you have all the qualities to be an officer in important ministries.
Firstly, the Guru must have realized that Bhuvan and his family planned Dinakar's charity to bring Dinakar to the Guru's attention. Remember, the free food and clothes distribution was not in place when the Guru came to Kamalnagar. It was the Guru who had noticed the hunger and made arrangements for the free food distribution. Secondly, what was Dinakar's charity about? Did he do anything to relieve the difficulties that the poor faced? As the son of the largest landowner, he could have found ways to employ more people, planned water-saving measures, managed a long-term food distribution system by involving other wealthy people in the town. No, he had the money and the ability to put together a plan to help those affected by the drought. Instead, he chose to do charity. There was nothing he did that improved the chances of the poor doing well on their own. Thirdly, when Dinakar sought the Guru's blessings, he did not ask for the poor. He asked for himself. If he had been genuinely concerned about the poor, Dinakar would have requested that he should be able to get rid of poverty. Instead, he asked that he should always have enough to give the poor. He wanted more wealth. Those who govern must understand the needs of the people, set in place a system to meet those needs, and not look to gain from their work. Dinakar lacked all three qualities. No sooner had he spoken, the corpse flew away with the vampire it housed. That ends our story today, my friends, with a couple of important lessons there. Don't you agree? Helping others can be tricky. When we do help, it must be about doing what is best for them, not what makes us feel good. Nor can we use others' needs as a propaganda tool to show how good we are. Again, it is not about us. When we are in a position to help, whether on our own or through institutions, we must set up systems to improve the quality of life. That means education, skills training, and employment, not freebies. My friends, remember that when you grow up to lead in some way or the other. This is the end of today's episode. Do come back to learn how Janmashtami is celebrated all over India and for a special story. Until then, goodbye from all of us at For All Our Kids. Mm-hmm.